Okay, guys, so we are back today with a very special guest, which I think we talked when you're in your second trimester, mm, yeah. maybe. Um, and now we have little Harley, who's what, three, three months, months old yes. now. Um, so, yeah, I am going to introduce Sheree to you today. But, Sheree, I would love for you to give the listeners a little bit again, just a little bit about you and, yeah. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> So my name is Sheree. I have little baby Harley here that's three months. I'm a personal trainer and a nutritionist. So I have, um, I work with F45 and I also work um, with my own clients online, uh, just helping them through their own health and fitness journeys. Uh, but I'm taking time off now to be a mother. I have um, gone through IVF with Harley and that's what we were discussing in our last episode together. Um, so now, now it's new mum life, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And how is that current season of new mum life going oh for God. you? <laughs> well, I was pretty excited about today because I realized I hadn't actually reflected yeah. on what's been going. I've just been thinking of the present day or the future, like what's next, what's next and not really gone. Oh my gosh. Like I've actually, <laughs> it's like within those 15 weeks that we've been going through, um, so much has happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to begin with, I don't know, new mum life, you kind of just, I felt like I lost myself. That's for sure. There was only time to do the bare minimum. And even then there was barely any time to just go to the toilet, have some food, to, to sleep. There was absolutely no time to socialize, to write in a diary, to, <laughs> to like do any sort of, you know, like self care that I would normally do. Um, so it was really difficult. Uh, and then on top of recovering as well, you have the night sweats and all things yeah. you forget about <laughs> when you're um when you're getting into being a new mum. Uh, so I'm only just now feeling like the sky or the fog is clearing, and I'm actually like, okay, yep, this is what it's like, and and um, finding my feet with. I feel like I know Harley a bit better, and he knows me a little bit better too. Uh, and it's we're working a little bit more easily yeah. <laughs> than what we were at the very start. A bit more start. in sync. Yeah, <laughs> in that sync. way. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And so how have you felt within the last few weeks then? The last few weeks I've been feeling really good. I've been feeling like um, I'm able to go do things. I'm not feeling as anxious. I was feeling so anxious to begin with. Um, but now I'm actually able to catch my breath. So I feel like I'm, I'm treading on... Um, Treading on cloud nine at the moment, yeah. <laughs> which is quite nice. Having some time off and really just like the only stress that I have at the moment is the stress that I put on myself, you know, by yeah. by having expectations to clean my house or to visit people or, or to go places. But I can literally just go, actually, I'm just rearranging my day. Today is actually, you know, a Harley day. He needs yeah. me more today. Um, and maybe I'll try and attempt that the next day. So, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. feeling have to prove that to anyone as well which I think is like a massive thing when you realize that and it's like okay like it's like for me now that I'm like I can be tired and I can cancel something and just be like look I can't don't have the energy for it today and it's like even you can yeah just learning to even do that outside of having kids as well yeah like (laughs) a whole other ball game but now we're forced to do it so it's like just surrendering to it and 100% agree with you on the expectation side of things because I think I still have to pull myself up on a lot of that on yeah. a lot of the time now. It's like the day where I'm like, oh, my God, I wake up feeling so productive and I'm like, I'm going to get this, this, this done. And by the end of the day, it's like Gabe has put everything in my path that day to be like, no, mum, no. we're not doing that. Yeah. And you just have to get – you Let absolutely go. learn to go with the flow of it yeah. and figure out bit by bit. That's it. Yeah. So how did you go then into third try? How are you feeling towards the end of it? Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I was in my third trimester, I think I was like researching so much about labor itself because I, I I was doing my hypnobirthing course. I was just all focused on, I'd already sort of planned and, and had prepared my postpartum recovery. So I had meals that I was planning to get delivered. Um, I was planning to just allow myself to really rest and recover and didn't have expectations of myself. I got all the room ready. So that way I was, feeling ready for like my own recovery um and then I prepped all on labor and the focus on like okay what does an induction mean what does an episiotomy mean and like what are the reasons why you might need one and and the statistics on on like my hospital as well 
I think I did all that research, but I actually didn't research like too much about, um, you know, him and his sleep patterns and um, anything about like actually having a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about the hospital. It was all about, it was about breastfeeding as well, but it was mainly about the hospital, um, the labor and my own recovery. <laughs> yeah. And so then going into birth, how did that go for you? Well, I was 10 days overdue. So when it came to my due date, I was like, right, I was already starting to do all the practices that they tell you to do to help bring on labor naturally. So I was having pineapple, the dates, the um, walking around, the yeah. stairs, like anything that was, you know, told to help, yeah. I was doing. And then I think I kicked it up a next level to crazy when it got to him being overdue because I was like, right, I want him to come naturally. I'm planning to let myself go to 42 weeks yeah, because in places like um, France where they believe, you know, you're full term at 41 weeks. I was like, I want to at least get myself a week over 41 yeah. weeks um, if I, you know, happen to get there. So every night before I go to bed, I was like, oh, my gosh, this could be the night. You know, my waters could break tonight. I could start having contractions. And then I wake up the next morning being like, oh, it's just another day. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't too upset. I was like, right, well, that just means, like, you know, I have another day. Let's out for breakfast let's go for a walk who can I go visit and um I really tried to make the most of those days which is quite nice yeah, fill them in. <laughs> yeah fill them in rather than you know just be like upset about it there was no there was no real hurry for me I was kind of like allowing my body to just do what it needed to do but yeah. by the time it got to I think it was 41 weeks I went in for a scan and and you know when they start talking about possibly being induced and picking a day to be induced and like then you're like oh my gosh I have a date book for my um, induction now please come on body you've got to yeah. try and do something for that date and I really talked to my doctor about not doing a stretch and sweep just letting it sort of happen naturally um, and even when we had my appointment booked for that induction I said can we just do monitoring and then see if I actually need to be induced like I'd prefer to just push it out to 42 weeks as much as possible they were quite happy with that because I did have a quite healthy pregnancy yeah. um, but they were like because I did IVF they were a bit not concerned but generally if you do IVF they're like they don't want you to have any risk you know they're like yeah. you work so hard to just have a pregnancy we want to make sure your baby comes you know without you know you feeling anxious or or stressed that they're not going to yeah um but I didn't really have those fears I kind of was um just waiting patiently and you just came a little later so <laughs> it got to um yeah it got to nine days over and I went in for some for a stretch and sweep because I kind of gave up <laughs> I was yeah. like right I said I was going to do a stretch and sweep but you know what let's go so I went in and they were like yep we'll get the doctor in but we'll do some monitoring first and they noticed every time the Harley fell asleep his heart was kind of dipping a little bit and I was like oh, okay so they um they came in and said oh, look we want you to be induced tonight um, so we're going to use the gel, um, you know, put you in bed, break your waters in the morning and uh, then start you on a serotonin drip, which is basically what happened. Uh, and then I just, um, the next day <laughs> we had the waters broken. We went through, we went through um, the first part of my labor. I didn't do, I didn't have an epidural. I was planning to if I was going to be induced because and I'd always been told it was going to be harder, faster labor. Yeah. So I was like, right, I'm just going to let you know, all the nurses, that I want an epidural. So get it ready um, for when I ask for it. And and I let myself feel some contractions before, you know, going down that path. But I felt most of my contractions in my back and in my hips. And it was just kind of a really, like, uncomfortable experience. And with the drip, my the adrenaline was making my legs just completely shake and would not stop. Yeah. And so I just felt like I couldn't be calm and practice all the things that hypnobirthing really told me yeah. to. Uh, and so after the epidural drip... <laughs> Um, I felt really back to, you see, you can hear Harley having a chat about his experience. Mum. <laughs> You're talking about your experience, Harley. And this says how it was for me, Mum. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, so after the epidural, I just was, I just felt completely different. I was able to actually enjoy the whole experience and be like, oh, my gosh, Harley's coming soon. I could feel the contractions because obviously with the epidural, and if you've never had one, you have a button that you can press to increase your dose. 
or leave it the same. So you can have your legs completely numb yeah. or you can have a little bit of feeling here and there. So that was my aim was to just feel my legs, <laughs> knock over some of the um, the discomfort and, and go from there. So I was able to feel some of the contractions, but they were very mild, um, which really was nice because then I could really focus on breathing through it and, and, um, and yeah, get excited for the pushing phase. I'm so glad I had the epidural, but, you know, that was something that I never thought I was going to have. Yeah. Neither did I think I was going to be induced either, though. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then so how did you feel, if you could use a few words to describe your birth then by the end of it, was it what you thought it was? Yeah. yeah. I think that um, to describe my birth, it was spontaneous and, and, um, and it was um, – it's it's so it's the hardest thing to explain in the world like your own birth because it's so overwhelmingly amazing at the yeah. same time it is it can be like completely terrifying at the same time yeah but yeah. I think if you really channel all the nervous energy into excitement um, which you know both nervous and excitement experiences happen in the same part of the brain so it's quite easy to transfer those two yeah even though sometimes we just feel like oh my gosh like so anxious um I was really content I felt like I'd done everything I needed to do to make it happen naturally and I was like this is it now okay I've done everything I can do on my end now I'm just letting it to my doctors yeah and I just had complete trust in my OB that they wanted the very best for me rather than you know, just thinking about Harley, they were yeah. thinking about me as well. And your preferences and everything. So, yeah. yeah. So I just let go and really enjoy, try to enjoy each experience. Um, you know, I knew it was going to be intense. Yeah. And it was intense, especially the first part. But um, I, yeah, I was even then at that stage, that felt like the whole thing felt like 30 minutes, even though there's a clock there and you're yeah. watching the time stick <laughs> on. You look back and once that baby's on your chest, it's so. It's like, yeah, you just forget everything. You're just in this bliss. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm so glad. And so you felt, I guess, really empowered and just supported in that. Yeah. Yeah, I felt really empowered, really supported. And um, I was just, yeah, very, very happy with the way that it went, even though, like, if someone was to describe my labour to me prior to having a baby, I'd be like, no, no way that would be me, you know? Like, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it was. And I'm, yeah, so very happy and grateful for how it happened. And what I love is it's Harley's story now, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I remember being a kid being like, oh, mum, what happened? You know, like, how was I born? And she loves telling me that I was born on a beanbag. And I'm like, it's so weird. But, but I'm like, I love that, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, this is Harley's story now. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, and this is mine. <laughs> this is the extra one. Tell me all about it. <laughs> and then, so did you have? Um, you had your placenta encapsulated as well, didn't you? Did, yeah. yeah. How did that so go? So it was really strange, actually. Um, but I loved it. So I didn't actually see my placenta after it was. Um, delivered yeah. but I a while ago was looking at Ayurvedic food to eat after having a baby to just help with healing because obviously all your digestive system just drops it's all up in your lungs basically in your rib cage and then once the baby moves out and your uterus is coming down your organs are trying to find their place again and so the Ayurvedic um, practices that they have are really um are really healing in that sense. And so one of the Ayurvedic sort of practices I do is in consuming your placenta. And I was like, no, this is disgusting. <laughs> I cannot imagine. I was reading like recipes for placenta smoothies. Like I was like, no, I don't think I could drink my placenta. That's gross. But then uh, as I was reading about, you know, the benefits of um, your placenta, I'm like, right, I get it. Like this is so this has got so much potential of being, you know, so good for me, but I just can't, I just can't envision myself having this until I saw that there was an option to encapsulate your placenta. Yeah. And I recall a couple of girls talking about, you know, um, their um, placenta tablets of disappearing or something on Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay. So I think I have actually seen people consume their placenta before. This is just such a different modern way to do it. Uh, And so I reached out to a local business earth mama and sheree nixon um and she yeah said 
um, that she comes to the hospital, picks it up, takes it back to her place. What they do, if you haven't heard about a placenta encapsulation before, they basically um, boil or like steam your placenta and then they dehydrate it and then they it's basically grounded into this fine powder and put into veggie capsules. So it's no way it tastes like a placenta when you're having it. It tastes like veggie capsules. And you take like three per day in the first week, two per day in the second week, and then you just go one per day for the rest. And it's meant to have benefits of like, you know, less bleeding. Um, it's meant to help with your mood. So um, mood, help with your energy. Uh, it's meant to help with your pl- your uterus coming back to where it needs to be and also your milk production. And I'm like, okay, well, look, even if it's 5% better, <laughs> I'm going to need extra help from my body. And, and so I really wanted to do the whole process. Um, and so coming into your first few days of being a mum, how mm-hmm. did that go? Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> if you still go? remember it. <laughs> well, I do remember it. I I had, um, because of the epidural, I had a catheter still yeah. attached to me. I had a drip My where they put the serotonin drip because I had a tear and also an episiotomy. Uh, I had to have um, antibiotics like put into my arm every I don't know six hours or 12 hours whatever it was I had (laughs) how many days were you in hospital I was in hospital for four or five days afterwards I don't even remember he was born on the Sunday and then but I was I stayed there Saturday night to be induced so they kept me overnight as they did the gel and they broke my waters the next day so I was there from Saturday through till Friday (laughs) the next week so I pretty much was six days uh, this is a private hospital, so um, they keep you a little bit longer than just public hospitals. And I requested to stay an extra day. I think by the Thursday they were like, do you want to leave today? And I was like, no, nah, I need an extra day. I feel like I only just got the hang of breastfeeding by that Thursday. And and I was like, this is the first day where I'm not having to be you know, expressed um, by nurses or by myself. And I'm not having to... Um, top him up with some extra formula so I'm like I really need some help with this plus also uh, I just needed more ice packs and and more access to the midwife's help when I like because of um, the way that I had my birth with an episiotomy and a tear I kind of wasn't fast moving yeah (laughs) and um and everything so the catheter came out the day after um you know the first poo was the day after too yeah <laughs> and that's always really scary for everybody especially if you had a tear or and things you feel yeah. like your stitch is gonna just come undone but yeah. it's never as scary as it is and I think the best advice I had was literally just use your hypnobirthing you know practices <laughs> breathe, <through it>. breathe <laughs> uh and it's gonna sound really hilarious but I sung as well like, yeah I would just hum a song and just to really try and relax my body and I was like this is hilarious like me having to hum but I couldn't have Harley in the room I couldn't have my husband I was like please can you all just go in the waiting room or something I need to yeah. go to the bathroom and then I just need to have a shower afterwards because I was too scared to even like quite properly yeah. because of my stitches yeah. and I was so afraid of having an infection I was like I just want to you know do yeah. what I need to it's do all such unnavigated waters yeah. that like you don't think of beforehand like <laughs> it's like I you're see. not thinking or like you're searching all these labor things and then you're like not really thinking about oh, okay when I gonna do that first one afterwards like what's it gonna be like and yeah. <laughs> it's just you're in the midst of it and then you're like oh okay so we've got this yeah. <laughs> this hurdle now to also I overcome I know and I mean, you are in so much bliss because of your newborn, which is amazing. So I was just focused on him, <laughs> nurses and everybody coming in every day, uh, every moment of every day as well. There was physios and, and lactation specialists and and then like Carly had a tongue tie, so that's why he wasn't latching properly. Yeah. Uh, so there was an issue with that and, and, um, and trying to get him to, you know, just be able to, yeah, to nurse off me was a bit difficult, but... You know, we got through it. I think there was only, I think by the time it got to like day four, I was like in tears because it was like a new midwife had come on duty and, you know, Harley needed to be fed and I was like, I need help. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and just, just re-explain it to somebody else. I was like, this is, it's almost like when you pull up a telehealth or tele, um, like, you know, call up office or something, discussing your bill and then you get passed to the next person and you have yeah, to re-explain your story. Yourself. That's yeah. what it was like. Uh, so we got there in the end, but um, 
Yeah, I feel like the first couple of days, I had no idea the amount of night sweats that you have yeah. with a new mum as your body's trying to work out with its extra fluid that it's had, like the extra blood volume it has in its system. It's trying to excrete this extra fluid and blood uh, and it does that through sweating, so night sweats, uh, and through going to the bathroom. And so that was really tough on top of like feeling incontinent. So I'd get up after feeding Harley and like try not to pee myself or like laugh and be like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a mishap, but I'm amazed at how far I've come now because I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm broken. I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to be able to hold my pee in again. But you get there. And I think that um, I think having a lot of grace, like giving yourself that false trimester to be like, it's I've just had a baby. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's passed through and pushed everything aside and in, inside me. And and I can't expect my body to just come back really fast. Yeah. I really have to give myself this grace period. So I really was like, I'm not going to feel sad about myself, sorry about myself. I'm not going to, um, you know, like get caught up about my own body image until at least six weeks because like that's when I go back to my doctor and say, okay, it's been six weeks since I've just had a baby. Yeah. So I really um was grateful that I did that. And then after six weeks, I was like told, you know, you need another six weeks to recover before you get back into exercise properly. And that was tough, like having extra six weeks. But, you know, we got there. So that was when you went to the, was that, you went and saw a couple. Um, yeah, a women's health yep. physio. Yeah. So I, at six weeks, you go and see your OB or your doctor uh, or midwife, whoever delivered your baby. And I also planned to see a women's health physio at that time too, which has been recommended. So I went and saw a women's health physio at six weeks just to get a checkup. And then when it came to uh, 12 weeks, I went and saw them again just to make sure that I'm still healing and recovering. And last week I also had one because I was like, you know what, I just need to, I, I still don't feel like I'm quite back to myself again. So so it was really good to actually go a couple of times. Would you like this guy? You're trying to work out your hands now and you like to push things away. Yum. <laughs> but it was really, it was really tough to, um, um yeah to hear from your pelvic floor specialist like you know they do an exam and they're like okay we'll try and use your pelvic floor and I was like oh I am and they're like oh well there's not much engagement yeah. if anything there's a flicker and after being somebody that would practice your pelvic floor exercises all through her pregnancy to for them to say you we can't even find your pelvic floor like you can't find your pelvic floor your brain can't connect to it was really tough yeah yeah that would have been a lot on you, I think, as well. Like, like you said, like being thinking that oh, yeah, you doing all the right things yeah. or so throughout pregnancy, and then going into that. But I think it's just another one of those things that you have to fall into that grace period of being yeah. like, my body just did this. Mm. Like, it's completely normal. It's yeah. fine, and just yeah, allowing yourself to kind of feel it into it as well, and yes. allowed you're allowed to feel disappointed or yeah. you know these certain things, but it's really important as well to yeah give yourself that time and go yeah look six weeks ago I just literally pushed out a human yeah yeah <laughs> and it's still like that whole feeling of that you're still finding your feet with the barbs like and yeah so I think that would have been really good to just take that time for yourself as well and put, yeah. put it in the box of being like, I don't know what I'm doing here still either, That's but right. we'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 And so then how did your, um, I guess, coming into when you it'd been a few weeks or so, how are you feeling in the sense of you being Cherie? Oh, my God. Um, I still don't feel like Cherie anymore. But that's a good thing. And, you know, I, I was thinking the other day, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure when it comes to being a new mum and and pressure that we put on ourselves and, and just the demand from our children with, like, just needing you, like, you know, the, the moment your food gets warm or the moment you want to go outside and, and then they, you know, do a big, big poo or something. And, um, and, and I think that... Um, you know, the way that diamonds are created, they, they're created under so much pressure, like the coal itself, like the way that a diamond looks prior to it's, it becoming a diamond is ugly and, and then it's 
it's definitely put under so much pressure and heat and and that's what I feel like a mum is you know this is a time like where we put under pressure and heat and and it is a lot to do with our own pressure we put on ourselves because we do you just completely lose yourself as a person but then you you come out on the other side as a diamond like as a new mum and I'm like that's really corny but like but I'm like that's how I envision it at the same time so I'm like okay I am being put under pressure now but it's it's the pressure that's going to bond us together and to really create me into who I need to be for him. Yeah. Um, and so I still don't really feel like my old me, but that's okay because I'm becoming my new me, which is even better. <laughs> yeah. I think that's such a beautiful analogy to it as well, just because it's like, yeah, just just yeah. the way you explained that it was perfect. You were like, oh, yes, totally. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> like, oh. I get that. It's I understand so it. And it's, isn't it so nice as well? Like you don't think like you, that a diamond goes through that much pressure and heat. And then, um, yeah, when you put in the research, you'll see it's actually <laughs> it's so true for motherhood as well. And But when I say that, I'm like, mm, it makes it seem like we put so much pressure on from society. But no, you actually put under pressure and heat from what's going on with like yeah. with your own headspace and with your newborn. Like it's not... It's, and this isn't about society. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's pressure there, but, you know, that's it's different. It's all intertwined, yeah. And then so how has your journey with feeding things? I know you did mention kind of that you did breastfeed at start. Yeah. So we started to do breastfeeding. I think that you get told as a nutritionist when you were studying nutrition oh. that breast is best, and so you go, yeah, perfect. You're doing a nice poo on me. Good job. So, so I was thinking, yeah, breast is best. This is definitely something I want to do. Um, and I would like almost be in tears when they'd be like, we have to give him some formula to top him up in the hospital. And they come in with like a whole form for you to fill out to say, we're going to give you a baby formula as if it's like poison or something. Yeah. And, um, and so I really, we start off quite okay. We used a nipple shield. Um, well, I shouldn't say we start off okay. He has a tongue tie. So he wasn't latching properly. But once we actually worked out that if we use a nipple shield, he was latching better. Um, it, like breastfeeding felt so bliss and I loved it um but little did I know that he wasn't latching properly on the nipple shield he wasn't latching deep enough and he just couldn't because he has a second tongue tie and so his sucking was just different from other babies um and we didn't know he had a second tongue tie for quite a while so we got you know started on the nipple shield and he got to an age where he was going through a growth spurt and then he just was like what I thought was cluster feeding. But I said to Jake, oh, my gosh, this is his fifth day of him cluster feeding from 6 a.m. to midnight. Like it's like insane. I have no idea. And the only reason why he wouldn't cluster feed between 12 and 12 p.m., like midnight and 6 a.m., was because he'd have a bottle at 12 from my husband yeah, and then pass out from the bottle and then wake up again completely hungry and like wanting to go all over the day again. And then – um. So I think it was 10 days of that cluster feeding like that by the time I actually saw a nurse who weighed him and said, well, he's gaining weight, but he's not gaining like, you know, um, he should be gaining like more weight than this, but he's still, yeah, Yeah. but he has grown length. So maybe it's just the length. And I just said to her, something's not right. I was like, he is feeding, you know, it's not just like a, like a, oh, you know, some babies just feed more often. I was like, it is like, I put him down for five minutes sometimes he'll sleep for maybe 30 minutes but then he'll wake up in such a like fussy hunger again like he's always hungry and so I don't think he's getting enough from me and so then we did top-up feeds and he started feeling like just he just was different he was more of a happier baby and I'm like this is how he needs to be like he this is him being fed and and he was gaining weight which was awesome and he was feeding so much on the like he was still being breastfed, but we were doing a mixture of um, of my express milk and formula because there was still very little time for me to pump. And because he had been stimulating my breasts, he wasn't actually like boosting my supply. And so even though, yeah, I mean, it's so funny. Everyone's like, everybody thinks that your supply is low, you know, but these are the symptoms that your supply is low. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, I didn't actually think my supply was that low. I just thought, you know, I was just being funny about it. But when you get to pumping, (laughs) when you actually get around to pumping um, milk, you actually can see there's not that much that, you know, I'm pumping. 
um, within the 20 minutes that I've been pumping for. And and I was just exhausted by that stage because I, I don't know, I just didn't really feel like I was really enjoying the motherhood like I expected to and I was so, so tired. Like yeah. there were, um, I couldn't even be a part of like, you know, deep conversations about like, you know, our budget or like upcoming holidays. I was like, I was just, I was just completely out, out of yeah, it. Yeah, completely out of it. I was like, whatever, I don't care. Like I just want sleep and I just want um, to hold Harley and not have him be so fussy on me. Like I didn't even, I felt, I enjoyed Harley more in when seeing him in somebody else's arms and he only really was happy in someone else's arms for 10 minutes before he was hungry again yeah so fussy yeah and he was passing out because he was just so exhausted from working hard um but anyway so we got to about i don't know six weeks maybe five weeks and and we were doing a mixture of of breast milk and and um formula and i just I saw a lactation specialist. She was great, obviously, encouraged me to keep breastfeeding, encouraged him to get the surgery and, and encouraged me to boost my supply. But I, yeah, I just decided after talking to my mom and and she's like, okay, do you want to, like, is it really worth having him breastfeed? Like how, how important is it? Is it more important for you to breastfeed him or more important for him to be breastfed at the moment? Yeah. And um, I felt like it was just more important for me and it wasn't really helping me be a good mum, you know. Yeah, just the, the idea pressure. of it of being like, yeah, yeah this expectation yeah. that you wanted to, yeah. And and I was like, it could take him two weeks before he goes and actually sees a surgeon to get it like snipped just so he can breastfeed properly. And um and he goes through all this trauma and like I go through all this like trying to boost my supply now and pump. Whereas in a couple more weeks, um or couple like two more months time he might be starting solids and I'll need to start weaning off my breast milk anyway or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just done. Like, it wasn't I just, stress. We were already topping him up with formula, so we kind of just switched to formula and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can breathe again. I can actually, yeah. like, I was running myself so thin that I wasn't being able to really enjoy being being a mum. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is so nice. And, and to actually do the top-up feeds for him as well, like, and even when we moved to formula, like he changed, like he was in my arms and not being so fussy, but like playful. And like I could, he would play with me and I would able to see him and just not like a hungry, like um, fussy stage. Yeah. And when I made the swap, I was actually like, yeah, really? Like I was upset to begin with, obviously, because I'm thinking, geez, I wish I could give you what you needed because I'm your mother and it makes you feel so bad. But at the same time, and I wanted to say this to anybody that's listening as well, so does Harley, that it's not a lot of the times breastfeeding issues are not actually the mum's issues. A lot yeah. of it's the baby and the, the actually <laughs> the feeder, not actually the breast, you know, provider. Yeah. So, um, so I just want to encourage any mum that's out there, like sometimes it doesn't work, but it's not because you can't get it to work. I know you're doing all you can. And formula is not the enemy. Yes, obviously, breast is best, but um, it makes it seem like formula is immediately the enemy when we say that, you know? So, and I think, was that really like from you saying that as well? I feel like um, you probably might not have even realized at that point but when you were saying that you know something was up with him and wasn't right like you can look at that from a really empowering experience as well in the sense of that that was your mum intuition kicking in and going you know what no this actually Mm. isn't working and that's fine that's right let's figure out some other way around it if you look at it like that I'm like that's really cool that yeah yeah, it just is that mum intuition coming in it's so weird because it's so true it is and, and you're kind of like, should I listen to that little voice? And you're like, yes, 100%, especially when it comes to your baby. And and you do know them better because you're not just there like seeing them going, oh, they're so cute. You're there for every feed, every change, every like nap. Like, okay, yes, there might be some moments where you go out for a walk because you just need to, but you predominantly know them better than anybody else. So um, 100% listen to your gut. And, and even if um, if your doctor or nurse says else otherwise, go get a second opinion if you really, really feel like mm, something's still not right. But something that I know you are really keen on sharing on your Instagram as well. Um, so your new mum journals, yeah. I thought they were really cool. What was your inspiration kind of behind sharing them, I guess? Oh, my gosh. I think it was just... 
the fact that I've never seen anybody share something like that before. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because it's just the people I was following. Yeah. But all the mums that I follow, generally I, I just were like, oh, yeah, they all just go to cafes and, you know, they'll have their bums around and they're playing on the floor. And I'm like, it's not like that. You know, it's not just those moments. It's so much more than this. And I didn't want to put fear in anybody. That's not what I wanted to do. But I really just wanted to share how real it was. And I wanted to record them um, for myself so that I remembered what it was like at that moment. Because I don't want to look back and, and look at Harley when he's three and go, oh, I wish you were just a little newborn again. Because I'm like, ah, when he was a little newborn, this is what your <laughs> life was. Yeah. So yes, he was cute. But he was cute for a reason. That's because you like you know, we're completely exhausted and you just needed something cute to look at to get you through that next moment or that next day. Um, and, and yeah, I just really wanted to showcase what it was like, um, mainly for me. But then when I had recorded it, I watched it back like the next day. I was like, I need, this needs to go out there because maybe it was just because I was sleep deprived. I just didn't really care too much more. I, I've even dropped all my filters since I started being a mum. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to use filters anymore. I'm not going to sugarcoat like this new mum experience. I don't want people to go, oh, like I haven't got my new mum. Like I haven't got my mum uh, experience or my mum like, um, oh, my gosh, my words coming to me. <laughs> I, I haven't got my shit together basically. Yeah. Um, but Cherie looks like she's got it all together. No way. I want to show them like, you know, oh, I haven't got my shit together, but at least I'm not the only one. That's what I want them to do. Just like connect with, you know, me in a way of going, yes, this is exactly what it's like. Or um, just have a little bit more of an idea before they do decide that they want to have a baby. Because I think, you know, we went through IVF, so we were planning to go through this. And I knew that it was going to be like a humbling experience, like with this new one was just going to um, knock me off my <coughs> high horse and and life was going to start from scratch again. Um, but I had already planned for the unplannable yeah. in a way. Like I was like, okay, it's going to, yeah, I'm just going to drop all expectations. Um, and this is just what it's going to be like. Yeah, I thought they were really special as well because, yeah, like you said, they do capture those other moments and like in the midst of, like while you're sleep deprived and changing yuppies and doing yeah. all the things, it's like, yeah, you're not usually seeing those parts yeah. of yeah. being Or you're me. not remembering them. You yeah. Know, you know, you go oh, back man, and like you Irish go, now, like yeah. you saying that, I'm like, what did I feel like? like and it's That's only right. like certain distinct moments that I'm like, like I think it was like in that first week of yeah. me breastfeeding Gabe and my nipples were just so sore and it was ridiculous and I was just like, I remember just breaking down constantly and I was in the laundry one time and I was just like, and I'd called mum and she's like, are you okay? And I'm just like, this is so fucking yeah, hard. Like yeah. you don't realise and, and you go, understand. Why, was I, why was I calling her again? Like what what actually happened? Or yeah. like how did I, you know, what did I find that was so hard? Because then you get better again and you go, yeah, I can do it. And you're like, I yeah. totally got this. But, yeah, it is um, absolutely. <laughs> and it's amazing sharing it the amount of people that have reached out just being like i'm so grateful that you've shared that um even you know people telling me that they've you know bawled their eyes out in the shower and i'm like oh my gosh like these are all the people where i was looking at their instagrams going they've got this all together they've got this mum thing down pat whereas i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing um and i was really nervous like i was nervous that a few people that were like more experienced mums we're going to reach out and go like you know um just get over it or whatever but like everyone's really nice and kind about it and I think that they um they were all like look it gets better it gets easier and they were the people where I was like okay like I've got hope to look forward to that yeah. it's going to get better than this um so yeah yeah and I think it's those expectations that like like you can people can tell you one thing of going into having a baby and it's like yeah. like you have to figure out what works for you at the end of the day and as well just like that in those moments everything that you feel is so valid as well because mm. it's like you are literally just taking on this thing of looking after this whole human yeah. being that you're solely responsible for and it's just yeah all these emotions and feelings and yeah that was like for me as well like I and I feel like you go through 
all different stages of that and like you know that was in part the reason why I started this podcast at the timing of when I did as well because I literally had people saying to me being like oh my god like you're killing mum life and I'm like but I'm crying here and I'm doing this and like you don't see all these parts as well and I think that's where like if anything like when I'm going through really vulnerable times or like there's you know I think throughout this pregnancy as well I've kind of shared moments where I've just been like you know what like my mental health feels crap right now and it's you know interesting because beforehand when you think of being pregnant you're like oh my god it's this wholesome amazing experience and when you're in amongst it sometimes it's just like oh my god like yeah I'm I'm so grateful that I'm being able to you know house this baby and grow them and have them healthy and everything but it's also like your experience is not any more like less valid than anyone else's just because you're feeling a particular way and I think that's really important as well because everyone experience is going to be different it's you know no different with our births as well some people have really traumatic births some people have really positive births and someone could have exactly the same birth as somebody else and And see it in a different light different experience yeah 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 and yeah I think that's I think that's one of the really good things like these days though as much as we do say oh yeah you know we have the highlight reels or social media and stuff and all that it's like you're still like there's still so many people out there as well that are choosing to show those other things of like showing up like you in those moments of being like what am I doing I don't know what the hell I'm doing but here it is here's how I'm actually feeling and in showing that vulnerability it's just like yeah where others can connect and go okay how I'm feeling is completely normal and that's it and you know like even things of say when you're sitting there and you're missing your old life and you're just like oh my god all this time I took for granted beforehand like it's normal to feel those things you don't have to feel yes. like a bad mum for feeling no. those things it's completely like you go th- through so many different aspects and changes and you change as a person your personality and your yeah. identity <laughs> just it's so much more than just birthing yeah. a baby yeah and Absolutely. it's so awesome that we get to share all that I think as well yeah. which is really cool um and so yeah how do you feel because I guess with um say within your work and kind of you getting back to sharing a few more things now within your like kind of business page and that as well I guess um how are you feeling about all that back going back to work yeah oh my gosh um it's been crazy thinking about going back to work and trying to balance what work would be like with a baby at the same time. Yeah. But um, I'm actually I'm really excited to redirect some of my um, online clients because I'd really, like I've done my postnatal and prenatal exercise training but never really used it in a sense of like I would use it for clients when they come up and say that they're pregnant or say that they've just had a baby and help them through that journey like through you know f45 and what they can and can't do with those particular exercises but never really catered a whole program towards it so i've just created a six week um back to the gym program um, i'm just finishing my last little touches on it and that is for any new mum that was like me that has got the clearance of going back to exercise uh, but just completely feels out of body to them where they were to to how they used to feel when they would go and do the classes that they want to go back and do so badly and that was me I got clearance to exercise and I'm like I can't I can't lift the same weight that I was lifting before even when I was in third trimester like I was able to do more than what I feel like my body could do right now and and so this is like a real gentle um exercises you can do you can do them with your baby having tummy time together having play time together which is awesome so you don't actually have to wait for them to have a nap to do these exercises and then um there's a walk in there as well so you can like they're all bonding things that you can do with your baby to move your body and to get it to feel actually ready to go back to the gym which um which like it's in that next six weeks so about 12 weeks or sometimes 14 weeks depending on if you've had a cesarean or a natural birth where you're at yeah then you're able to head back into doing whatever sort of classes that you had so that's my next aim is to have a group of girls that they can run through that program with and get them to where they need to be to do the classes that they were doing um but i have not yet um started even advertising like you know 
when I would start it or anything like that. So my aim, I guess, would be around the end of July. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm excited for that program. Uh, and I think that it's nice to actually use my own knowledge um, for my own body as well and go, okay, well, this is actually how you're really feeling because some exercises I'm doing now, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this would – if I was the way I was, like with my – you know, high intensity interval training uh, with F45 and then my very heavy lifting at the gym and I was to do these exercises back then, I'd be bored, like out of my brain. I would find that this would be way too easy, whereas I'm like, this is actually difficult and hard and I'm actually really enjoying to to um, to regain some strength again in a nice way. Yeah, and I'm sure like it would have given you that perspective as well in the sense of um, just really – being able to completely throwing off track. <laughs> um, yeah, it would have been really like good in that experience in the sense as well. I think of like, you know, obviously you being pre and postnatal trained beforehand, yeah. but then now going through your own experiences of, you know, having to take that time, that bit of time after as well than you initially thought mm-hmm. to ease back into your fitness as well. Um yeah, which I think is another cool experience for you to share as well because there's so, like, it's, I guess being a personal trainer, you would have this initial idea of being like, yeah, I'm going to do this, going to do that, and yeah. then that being turned over for you is like, okay, like, I'm a human. Right. <laughs> Not attached to my job title and, yeah. you know, it's going to flow through differently yeah. in that experience. Absolutely. I think that's very important. And you do put, like, I've talked to a lot of girls, they put a lot of pressure on getting back into back into their you know pre-pregnancy body but I'm like geez like as a personal trainer there's so much more expectation on you um because you're living uh and you're trying to showcase a healthy lifestyle to so many people um by what you do and you feel like a hypocrite if you don't and and things like that so um I'm really excited to just share what I'm doing on social media and I've done a few workouts on there to show people like these are things I kind of do it's I'm lying there next to Harley on the floor like doing some movements or I'm pushing the pram and I'm stopping on a quiet park to like do some lunges and some squats with the pram and, and uh, you know, showcasing that I'm not just like, I don't want to showcase three months from having Harley, like, or, you know, even three months from now lifting heavy weights. Cause I want to show people, this is the slow, this is the very um, foundational work that I'm doing right now. And it yeah. is very slow and it is very, um, you know easy for some people but this is what my body needs to like regain its strength back and so I'm really excited to showcase all of that too yeah and so do you feel like your um sense of exercising as well like that that um your perspective has kind of changed in regards to it as well getting back Yeah, yeah I think so I think my perspective to my perspective to my own body image has changed so much as well like I I had never felt so beautiful when I was pregnant. I think it's, uh, it's I think it's two things. One, it's just um, you have a like everyone has a complete understanding that you're pregnant and you're you've got a purpose. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not just your body looks this way because you've got a purpose to it. You know? Yeah. Whereas um, when you're not pregnant, you're like, well, I have a purpose of like eating the way I eat, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Kind of feel a bit crap. And then the second reason I think it's like you feel like there's no there's no flap you know when we sit down like it's naturally to have a bit of rolls and things like that because our body moves and and it needs to have those but when you're pregnant everything's tight and firm you know and it's so nice to feel this like tight and firmness as well um and then you sort of come back to this like body again and I'm only just at that stage now where I'm like okay I'm starting to work on my body but not for the reasons of going back to the way I looked it was more like okay this time around I just want to be the healthiest strongest version of myself in this body I'm not trying to change it I don't care if my hips are wider I don't care if I have any stretch marks or whatever like this is my body now and I want to make sure that I'm eating healthy and and doing the right exercise and having that mindset already has helped with my eating because I don't feel bad if I have dessert one night I don't Mm. feel bad about having such a balanced diet 
And to begin with, like when I was breastfeeding, there was absolutely no chance that I would have done cardio or focused on weight loss. It would have been all about trying to eat in surplus, trying to make sure I have a really good healthy mm. supply. But since I'm not breastfeeding anymore, um, I don't really mind about eat, overeating and stuff like that. It's more just like, okay, I'm just listening to my um, initiative. If I'm, if I'm hungry at one point, then I'll eat. And if I'm not hungry, then I won't. And yes, you get caught up with the baby, you're trying to feed them, trying to change them. But I'm like, right, that next meal, I'm going to eat. <laughs> Coming into, I guess, finding a bit more of a groove for the both of you now, um, yeah. what are some things that you're doing at the minute kind of just to take that time for yourself when you can? Um, what I'm doing when I take time for myself is, well, I'm, I'm going for walks and I'm I'm resting and I'm working on my own business. I'm doing like at least one thing off my to-do list. I generally have a big, long to-do list and I check it every now that I put him into bed or that I go, oh, maybe I have some time today. And I at least focus on trying to get one of those things done. Um, and that's been really helpful is to try and have a bit of a, a bit of an aim. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so are your, I guess, previously beforehand, like are your expectations to what you thought self-care would look for you prior or like prior to having a baby has that changed yes my self-care is so different now (laughs) like I can't just escape to the gym and have time to myself I tried to I was like yep guys I'm going to the gym it's my first morning there and I went really early to try and get it done before Hallie would even wake up but I just had this like paranoia of like, oh, I just know he's awake before, you know, I just know that he's woken up or something's going wrong. I just focusing on the time to like get out of there again. And I'm like, this is not me enjoying time away from him. This yeah. is me like super paranoid to be there. And and I think that like now it's just about practice and going, okay, well, if this is something I really want to do, I'm just going to need to come and do it a paranoid a couple of times and then and then it will get easier and easier because I'll I'll know how much time I have um but it's this is something that I need to do this is my this is my version of mental health is is to exercise and to move I really thought that by the time I got to six weeks I would be doing longer walks than just 20 minutes I thought I would do you know more workouts than just um pilates on the floor uh and no it's been slow progress and i've only now just been able to go for like you know up to an hour of a walk and um up to 30 minutes of doing some exercise and feeling like okay this is something i can i can cope with um and sometimes i need to do it with harley there in the room like i'll be doing a home workout and sometimes it'll be at the gym and it's just about taking those taking that time and going okay this is time for me and, and not feeling guilty at the end of the day if I didn't get other things that I wanted done for myself yeah. because, like, I go, no, I have a priority list and my priority list is to move my body, like, to exercise. My second thing is to make sure I'm eating, like, you know, great food and, and filling my body, so it'll be something like that. And then maybe my third thing is, like, oh, I wanted to journal today or I wanted to, to um, you know, make a phone call to a friend today. And if I didn't actually get around to doing that one, and I'm like, it's not the end of the world. Like it got busier in the afternoon and I got those, you know, top two things done yeah. um, out of my priority list. Even if it, the third thing was like an actual like to-do list thing, like it was something that would have made me felt more productive. I'm like, no, that's okay because I, I got my movement done today and that was my number one. So I think if somebody had a number one, it could be like, to put makeup on you know yeah. because then they feel a little bit more themselves and and they woke up and I generally find that most girls that's the like that's the one thing they hold on to in the newborn phase is like their appearance if they have to go somewhere or be somewhere they're like right well I'm going to make sure that I don't look like you know yeah. a wreck and and it's funny how people are like oh you look like you've got it all together and you're like are you kidding me like <laughs> just because like, I do I have to look like yeah. absolute crap to like yeah. walk around say like saying how like to express how I feel like yeah. um and yeah so I'm I'm always like if you see some, a new mum who's out and about with a brand newborn and she's got no makeup on then definitely go and help that girl out but if and if she does have makeup on, like don't don't just disregard and be like, oh, you got it all together. Like yeah. every newborn mum needs they needs help. And I think in those times as well, like I um or like even now for me at the minute being pregnant and like I haven't been out of the house that often. Yeah. 
um like there's some mornings I'm just like you know what I need to feel better today or just like some sense of part of myself so I'm gonna put makeup on or I'm gonna do my hair or do something you just need to do something I feel like you again in a way like you're usual sort of routine of like yeah this is how I look when I've got it all together yeah and just (laughs) putting that bit in (laughs) even though it's actually not (laughs) together absolutely yeah and so um if you were giving anyone some advice on how to support a new mum as well coming into you know that first or the fourth trimester um what would some advice be yeah so anyone supporting a new mum I would say offer to help but don't just like you know don't focus on just coming and seeing the baby but like actually help when you're there don't be there longer than an hour like like see if you can do anything around the house um like say you know you're heading to a supermarket beforehand do they need anything even if she says nothing still bring some yeah either wipes or nappies or um like food especially if she's breastfeeding bring snacks um and if you're a new mum then and someone asks you if they can help then just at least say yes like give them something to do even if it's something that's really small for you um anything that can lighten your load because you don't need to prove to anybody that you can do it all you know what i mean like that's that's a pride thing like and and you're only going to um exhaust yourself by trying to do absolutely everything just for pride so you may as well get over it and just go yes actually do need help can you help me fold this washing like you can do it with the person but it's so nice to to say yes because you're actually then getting into practice of asking for help and getting into practice of saying yes I do need help because not just the newborn phase that you'll need it like you have a child now so um you might need it later down the track you know when it's when you've got an event on and you need somebody to babysit your child you know you'll actually go actually there are people that help and I know how to ask now because I've gotten yeah. practice of it. It's those baby steps yeah. in it as well I find that it's like especially yeah just holding that pride beforehand and being like okay yeah yeah and going you know what well, actually I'm not going to be a bad person if someone helps me fold this washing That's or it. does dishes yeah. or just simple things that you know like seem mundane like within your yes. world at that point in time but just really like it's those little things that like you either then in those moments of when your baby's napping and like you sometimes will battle with yourself in the sense of being like oh should I just quickly wash these dishes or should I have a nap and it's like those little things like yeah in helping if you're a new mum definitely prioritize yourself first if it's having a nap then don't worry about those dishes then go have that nap because yeah you you'll learn on those particular days that you do choose the wrong thing you're like I'm more exhausted now I wish I just lied down like that was stupid of me but yes those issues do need to be done so if you are helping somebody like you can also um offer to just like take care of the baby or or um like while it's sleeping just say mum go for a walk I'm here if you need um and if the baby cries look a baby's just gonna cry like you know yeah (laughs) it's not not gonna be much worse that's gonna happen from that um hopefully anyway um but yeah just just be be kind and instead of just being there to just soak up the newborn cuddles actually yeah be respectful don't even ask if you can hold the baby unless they like offer you know or they look like they're having trouble because some people get really funny about like yeah you know if you're touching a baby that's under six weeks like um so just you know come around be like oh she's so cute like let me know if you need me to hold her at some stage but like what can I do around here? Because, you know, like... Don't see that as your priority of getting there and going, okay, here's me holding the baby and now I'm done. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And don't, definitely don't feel like, you know, um, the mum is hosting you. So don't let them get you a drink or anything. Like um, bring your own stuff around or just say no. Like, do you need anything? Do you need a coffee? Like I'll grab it for you. And and only stay for an hour because, yeah, they're going to get exhausted and it's nice to socialise as a new mum but also... You, you know you need to get back into your routine yeah and I think something else I would highlight as well is like that importance of going past that timing of say the first six weeks or going yeah. past the timing of you know yeah, within those first absolutely. weeks where you're coming to see the baby or whatever it is yeah. like yeah just like you know whether it's five six months or a year into yes. it or whatever it is that I know for me now like I have some friends that are you know still that will still 
put that time and effort into yeah. going, can I do this or can I bring you just a yeah. coffee or something? And it's like those ones where you're just like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's just little things like that that make your day easier throughout Absolutely. being a mum and yeah. you'll appreciate it tenfold and over. things that you don't learn when you're not a mum because yeah. I, I was never a mum before this and now I'm like, yeah, absolutely, that would definitely help me. And and you do people do drop off, yeah, by the time you get to like four weeks and you're just at home, have no idea what you're doing yeah. <laughs> by yourself and, and have this, yeah, like a huge to-do list. Oh, my gosh, I don't even think I got to even touch my to-do list by the time that Ali was like week 11. I was like, all right, these are things I need to do now. Like <laughs> uh, the list is making me too anxious that I just want to get some of these things done now. Um, but, yeah, so definitely still touch base, like you said, much later after the four or six weeks that the newborn's around because the mum is definitely still going to need help. Yeah, it doesn't stop after that no, first 12 weeks. Doesn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> they don't just raise themselves by then. I don't get it. Don't understand. Well, thank you so much, Ree, for sharing your experience with me and with our listeners. And I think, you know, it's going to be really valuable and I'm sure someone will take something from it in some way as well. And, um, yeah, just in the relatability of the stuff that you're sharing now I think yeah. it's so important and you're doing an amazing job thank you being a mom and finding your feet and you know little Harley is definitely thriving as well so yeah. thank really you for having me and thank you guys